Lord, we indeed worship your holy name. We thank you that on this Father's Day, where we're honoring fathers, we honor you as the greatest and the ultimate Father, loving Father for us. And Father, I pray this morning that you would download into us, that you impart something into us, Lord God, greater, that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, that you would open our spiritual ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. Most importantly, Lord, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today. And so we pray these things with great expectation that we will walk away changed this morning because we've encountered you. And so we thank you for that now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, and uh, I'd like to release the warrior youth at this point in time. And I, too, would like to say happy Father's Day. Uh, thank you, dads, for all that you do. It's important, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about that this morning. So thank you for joining us. And uh, <clears throat> last week, I taught on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and that's the love chapter. And I want to I begin with the, the last scripture uh, from that chapter, it's 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and it says, These things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And so when we look at our relationship with our Heavenly Father, it's all based on love. And uh, so let us never uh, just skip over that, realizing that love is, is the critical part of our relationship with our Heavenly Father and certainly with one another. And God gave us His, His greatest gift, of love, and that was Christ. So, we're continuing in the series, The Gifts from the Holy Spirit, and I'm shifting gears a little bit today for Father's Day, but Dad, let me say this, you are a gift, and we're thankful for you. So, uh, this, this morning's topic is the Father's Duty, and some of you may not have had a good father figure or, or a good role model growing up, and some people have been so deeply hurt and wounded that they can't really relate to what a good father would look like and be. And uh, th therefore, they can't really um, properly relate to a good heavenly father. And some people, you begin to talk about the heavenly father, and, and, it, and it brings up images in their mind that may be really, really hurtful for their earthly father. But the, the point I'm trying to make is that the role of the dad is so vitally important. It is so important. And it doesn't matter if, if you've had a, a good dad or, or not. Um, today can be a change for you to receive healing in that. And, and if you're a dad, if you haven't been a model dad, well, you can begin today. You can begin to allow God to help you make some changes. Um, it, it, uh, it doesn't matter if you've been a, a good dad or a bad dad. Today can be a fresh start. Um, it doesn't matter if you have children or not. There are a lot of homes with single parents and so there's a, a great opportunity for you to step up and, and help a single mom by being a good role model. And just by showing up at church, uh, our, our kids are watching us. And so we can model and we can be a good example for them that when we come into worship and we begin to worship, we, we can begin to teach them and show them how a godly man enters into worship, however that looks for you. And so we have a great opportunity to help the single moms in our in our church and our communities, 
and and even to help those people that we work with or that are in our neighborhoods maybe that are dads that, that don't have a relationship with the Lord and maybe struggling we can begin to share with them and impart godly values and principles and truths that will help them help them to to know the truth of God and help them to raise up their children uh, properly so this morning we're going to be going to a couple of different scriptures Actually, maybe three sections if I can get to all of it. <clears throat> Titus chapter 2 and Ephesians chapter 5. So let's go to the book of Titus chapter 2. And uh, my first point this morning is godly men demonstrate godly character. And Titus is being given instruction from Paul on how to lead, how to spiritually lead the early churches on the island of Crete. And uh, these instructions are, are far church leaders, but they can also be applied to us as men leading in our home. Let's look at Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Okay, so in order to know what wholesome teaching is and values and principles, we need to know what they are. And so that's why we encourage you to come on Wednesday night. Now, I know we've ended Bible study, so don't come to Bible study for, until we start up again in August. <laughs> But continue to come to Bible study when we kick that off and continue to come on Sunday mornings because the truths and the principles that we're giving you will help us all. And also, I encourage you to spend time in the Word, spend time in prayer, seeking God. As, as a dad, it's a, well, as, for all of us, we need to spend time with the Lord and we need to hear His voice. And when we have challenges before us, we need to seek His will. Uh, so we need to know the Word of God. We need to know the wholesome values and principles in order to live those out. And you probably know the answer to this because we've talked about it so many times, but what are the three ways that children learn? You got it. You get an A. A plus for that. Titus 2.2. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect and to live wisely. When I, when I read the scripture, I'm thinking... Generally, I think it's the younger men, younger men that need to be taught to exercise self-control, but we all need self-control. And uh, so he's saying that teach the older men to exercise self-control. Uh, and if you remember the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Self-control. And so it's a fruit of the Spirit. And, and I think it takes all of those other pieces of the fruit to, to help us have self-control. Um, we should all exercise self-control. And it, he also goes on to write that we're to live a life worthy of respect. So we need to pray for God to, to help us, to give us wisdom so that we can walk in the things of God, so that we can be respected as men in a godly manner. And uh, listen, I don't think we can pray enough for wisdom especially in today's times. So we need to, to seek God and say, God, give me wisdom. Let me read verse 2 again. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. He goes on to write, They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. In, in, to instruct others in, in the ways of, of our faith, we have to be solid in the Word. We have to know the Word, guys. And so, you know that we're real big on teaching the Word here. Not only teaching it that we learn it, but 
finding ways to, to apply the Word of God to our daily lives. It's important that we do that. But we have, it starts with knowing the Word of God. And uh, we need to be overflowing with love and patience. And I've challenged all of us to pray on a regular basis. Say, God, fill me to overflowing with your great love. Touch my heart. Change my heart. Fill me with that great love. And give us patience, Lord. We need patience. Uh, Titus 2, 3. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. And so when we look at this passage of Scripture, we see that Paul is instructing Titus to teach the men and teach the women. And uh, he's, he's saying in a similar way, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. Also, men, we need to be honoring God by our lifestyle. Titus, teach the older women. He goes on to say in verse 3, they must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Uh, instead, they should teach others what is good. Verse 4, these older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children. So those of you that are more mature in the Lord, we need to be training up those that are younger. Listen, there, there are whole generations that haven't had good role models. You know, whether that be their dad or their mom. And so we have a great opportunity to impact people's lives and, and train them, help train them up. He says, teach, older women must train up the younger women to love their husbands. What does that look like? What does it look like to really love their children? We need role models to train up men and women. Divorce and broken families have, have left major gaps in the family unit and in lives of people, men and women and children. And maybe you come from a broken home. Maybe you know what that's like. I, I don't. I, you know, fortunately, I had a, a good role model for a dad and, and mom, and they had a good, successful marriage. And um, But not everybody has that. And the older I get, the more I see how fortunate I was to have that solid foundation in my family. And, and so there's a lot of brokenness in families today. And older women that have been following the Lord should be helping the younger women. Titus uh, 2.4 again, these older women must train the younger women to, to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely, to be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Verse 5 continues on, then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Verse 6, in the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely. Guys, you've been through some things. You've learned some things. Help a younger brother out. Come on. You know, listen, son. Listen, young man. I've been down that path, and I know where that leads. You don't have to go there. Take it from somebody who's gone through some, some stuff here. Don't do that. Don't go down that path. Help one another out. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely. Verse 7. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. This is where the rubber meets the road, Titus. You need to live it. You need to not only teach, but you need to example. And so we need to be good examples. We need to not only teach, but be good examples of how to do that. And so it's important that we stay plugged into the source of life, stay plugged into the Lord, allowing Him to lead us and guide us. Our lives have a great impact. Our actions have a huge impact in the lives around us. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Integrity is important. And we talk a lot about it. And we 
uh, we demonstrate integrity in this ministry and uh, in our lives. And so integrity matters. I, I was thinking uh, as an example last week, we get tested. I get tested on a, on a regular basis. And uh, uh, regarding integrity, I was... Uh, I had to take some things back to the store the other day, and and I think the item that I was returning was like $9, $9.50, something like that. But there were a couple of smaller items that I purchased at the same time, <clears throat> and the total bill was like $13 or $14. Well, when I was returning this one item, the lady gave me back the money for all the items, and I, I thought, no, that's not right. I said, ma'am, I think you gave me too much back. It should have been about 10 or $11, and she gave me like 13 or $14. And, and so right, right then, I instantly said, no. Don't, you know, when something like that happens, don't debate it. Don't think about it. Don't just immediately obey. You know that you got too much money back. Okay, you know that. So just respond appropriately. So that's integrity, doing the right thing. And we talked about this numerous times. Obey instantly. Instant obedience. And that just eliminates all that other stuff. So we need to live lives of integrity. If we don't have integrity in the small things, do we really think we'll have integrity in the large things? So integrity should be part of our moral fiber and, and our lifestyle that we represent because our children are watching. Daddy, did you get too much change back? Oh, I don't know, son. Oh, yeah, you know. Come on. Come on. So we have the opportunity to demonstrate integrity, not only to our family, but you know what? It demonstrated integrity to that lady that was taking the money. And, you know, maybe she needed that. Maybe she needed to realize, hey, uh, I need to live a life of integrity as well. So let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Uh, verse 8, teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. We need to teach the truth. We need to live the truth so that, that we're not criticized. So let me, these are not my three points, but I think these are really important. We need to understand the truth. That's why we need to get into the Word of God. We need to just eat the Word of God. We need to understand the truth. That allows us to teach the truth to those that God has placed in our path. And then we need to live the truth. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. It continues in verse 8, Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. Although these are good instructions for the church, it will help us to live a life of integrity. Uh, these timeless truths represent how we can train our children, and Paul identifies some of the tools God has given us to do so. The greatest tool is you, to train your children up. And uh, so we need to do that. We need to be serious about that. Uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through 33. And again, this is more instruction on being a leader in the church, but there's a direct correlation in, in leading in our homes, and these are good, timeless principles and truths that we need to, to understand. So in Ephesians 5, verse 21, And further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We need to submit to one another. Um, remember last week in 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote, Love does not demand its own way. So we need to honor one another. If, if everything always has to be your way, you need to reevaluate that. I mean, you know, we need to honor one another. We need to submit to one another and uh, help one another out. Verse 
22 says, For wives, this means submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Now, I've talked about, I, I guess I've covered two scriptures that talk about submission of wives to your husbands. This is not a, a message this morning about wives submit to your husbands. The point that I really want us to understand is men as husbands, we have a great responsibility because, and, and we need to understand that we are going to be held accountable for our families. And so we need to love our wives. Uh, we need our wives to trust us so that they can properly submit knowing that we are following God, that we are living godly lives. I wouldn't want to follow some knucklehead that, you know, was doing crazy stuff if I were a wife. And so as, a, as men, we have a great responsibility to lead our families well. I think I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Verse 23 says, For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. The Word of God always, I think, points us toward the great example of Christ. Christ is the head of the church. And, well, let me read on here. Uh, he is the Savior of His body, the church, and the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. And so we see Christ as a great example. We see our Heavenly Father, when we see Him properly, we see Him as a Heavenly Father that truly, truly loves us, that's looking out for our good. And that's why He puts boundaries around us and says, man, please, don't step out of this boundary, son or daughter, because it's not for your good. And just like you have boundaries for your children, son, I know you'd like to eat five pounds of jelly beans, but that would not end well for you. You would not feel well after a little while. And so as a loving parent, we set boundaries for our children and our loved ones. God sets boundaries for us. And men, we're the leaders of the home, and it's our responsibility to seek God for the direction of our family. And, uh, and then to lead them. And so he says in verse 24, As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. Husbands, build trust so your wife will trust you in leading her. Build trust. Um, you know, we, we all come with, with issues and baggage. And, and uh, if your wife has been deeply hurt, she may really, really need to trust you and know that you're leading her and that you're really for her. And we need our wives to be secure in, in our relationship with them. And, and uh, they need to know that, that they can trust us. Follow God so your wife will have the confidence to know that you're following Him. Demonstrate it. Live a life that proves to her that you love her and that you're looking out for her good. It's important. It will help your marriage, I promise you. So my first point this morning is godly men demonstrate godly character. My second point is godly men love their wives. Let's read on in Ephesians 5.25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up His life for her. That's where the rubber meets the road for us guys. Is do we love our wives as Christ loved the church? He gave up His life for her. And that could be physical, but I think a lot of times for us, in a practical way, it means giving up what we would prefer. We, we're giving up our lives. We're saying, honey, I, I know this is better for you. I know that this is what you prefer. And uh, I'm going to honor you. And I'm going to... Um, do something that will please you more than just looking out for myself. He gave up his life for the church. 
do you love and serve your wife as Christ loved and served the, served the church? I mean, I think that's a great question. Are we really loving our wives in that manner? And I'm not talking about getting out of balance here in our roles, because our role as is, is a man is to lead our family. So I'm not talking about abdicating that role to her, but I'm talking about serving our wives, really loving them and demonstrating to our children. Um, when your children look at you, they're going to be looking, well, let me, let me say it this way. If you have daughters, they're going to be looking to their dad as a, as a role model. And a, a lot of times they're going to be looking for a man that's a lot like their dad. So dads, um, how, are you, how are you treating your wife? How are you treating your children? Are you a good role model? Do you want, do you want your daughters marrying somebody like you? And if you have sons, they're going to be modeling what they see example. And uh, the mom, the parents that, that have daughters would appreciate it if you would train up your, your young men properly so that they'll know how to treat a lady, so that they'll be respectful. But where are they going to learn that? It's going to be emphasized at church, but it's really going to be demonstrated in the home. And so we have a great responsibility to train up our children, our young men and young women, to be godly and to have a proper understanding of what that relationship should look like. And we are the greatest example of that. And so we're teaching our children the things of God here at church, but it needs to be really just, we're just supporting what you should be doing at home and training up your children properly. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present himself, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. And so when we, when we are involved in a marriage and relationship, that can be a difficult challenge for us because uh, you know maybe our wives are insecure or maybe they, they're hurt or wounded or, or maybe the husband is insecure maybe he's hurt and wounded and so we well I'm getting ahead of myself here when we get married the two become one so we need to be helping one another we need to be shoring one another up we need to be affirming one another verse 28 in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies for a man who loves his wife, actually shows love for himself. You have only concerns for yourself and your desires. Verse 29. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. So, we take care of our bodies, and uh, we need to be taking care of one another. And we need to understand, when, when you see your wife hurting, when you see your husband hurting, you know, go to them and, and, and try to help them. Don't, don't make the problem worse. And husbands, come on, we really need to, to stand up and take the lead. Lead our families, lead, lead strong, lead well. Um, no one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. And so, men, when we get married, we, we love our mom, we, we, uh, we love our dad, but our first responsibility is to our wife. 
And so, you know, one of the things that I see happening in our culture is I see a, a mixed-up families where the, the, the son or the daughter is allowing the mom or the dad to influence their marriage. And, uh, and so we need, to, um, we need to stand up for our families. We need to kind of break that tie. I'm not saying that we disregard our parents, but I'm saying that our, our priorities now change. It's our spouse. And so the word says, a man leaves his father and mother. It says a man, okay, we're talking to the men here. A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. We can't really understand it, but when a husband and wife come together, they are one. And so that's why it's important, men, that, that we're leading our family strong. We're leading well because our wives and our children are dependent on that. So I, again, I say in verse 33, So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. You know, you would think that it would say, and the wife must love her husband, but it doesn't say that, does it? It says, so again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband's. So, men, love your wife, take care of your wife, treat her as well, at least as well as you treat yourself. And wives, you need to respect your husband. Never, please, women, don't ever do this. Never put your husband down in public. Because never demean your husband in public. I don't know why we're wired this way, but the scripture is really accurate when it says that women need to be loved. You need that security as a woman. And for some weird reason, men need to be respected. But I guess that's how we equate love, is when we're respected. And I know that there's, there's nothing more esteeming to me than when my wife respects me in public, and even privately. And, you know, there's something about encouraging one another that, that we all get something from. When I see you come in, I'm like, hey, mighty man of the Lord, how are you? Hey, mighty woman of God, how does that make you feel? But there's something really important for men that we need to be respected. And so, one of the ways, wives, that you love your husbands and you demonstrate love to your husband is by showing respect for him. Husbands, value your wife's input and perspective. I want to talk about this for a minute. My wife has great insight to things. And sometimes, if she, if she tells me, you know, that, that woman's not good, she's trouble, stay away from her. You know, I need to listen to that because she has insight into some things. And just like if, if, you, if you can see a man hitting on your wife, you know that. And you're like, this is not good. You need to watch that guy. So husbands, value your wife's input and perspective. We all have blind spots. And then sometimes we cannot see those blind spots, but our wives can help us see those blind spots. Uh, wife, value your husband's perspective. He is responsible to God for you. And I know that sometimes, I know we have some strong women in this congregation. I know my wife is a strong woman, and I'm appreciative of that. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I have to, I'm responsible. And, uh, you know, I'll get as much information as I can, mainly from the Lord. But I will ask for her perspective. And a lot of times I'll tell her, honey, I, I, I don't want your opinion. I want you to pray. And I want you to let me know what God is telling you. Because we all have opinions. And they can be good. They can be really bad. So what's important is that we get 
the Lord's perspective. And so many times I'll tell my wife, uh, what's the Lord telling you? And a lot of times she'll say, well, he's not really saying anything to me. I'm like, thanks, God. It's all on me. I can't even go back and throw stones. But, but seriously, our, our role is to lead our family, and we're going to be held responsible. That's why it's important that we pray. So husbands, uh, value your wives' perspectives. Wives, um, hopefully you see that your husband is leading you strong in a godly way, and you will support him. And even when, when, I, uh, when I feel like the Lord is leading me to do something that my wife doesn't, isn't in complete agreement with, she still submits. And, uh, <laughs> you know, not me, God, it, it's Him. He's the one that made this decision. But I appreciate that. I appreciate that she trusts me enough to do that. And it puts a lot of pressure on us as men when we realize that we're making this decision and we're going to be held accountable and responsible for it. So pray and listen to your wife when she's giving you good counsel. And wives, pray and get, give your husband some, some good advice. Husbands and wives, it's important that we know our role. And women, um, I, I don't know what it's like to be a wife and submit to a husband, but I would think it would be liberating. I know what it was like for me when I understood that I didn't have to be the boss when I could submit to my boss. It was liberating. Because I would go and do my job, and uh, if he told me to do this, and I did that, and, and something happened, or there were negative consequences from that, well, then it wasn't on me. It was on him. And, and so I would think as a, a wife, it's liberating to know that you don't have to be in control, that your husband is the one that's taking the lead, and certainly you have a vested interest in supporting him because uh, it impacts you as well. But we need to understand what our roles are. And again, this message is not about women submit to your husbands. It's, it, I mean, I guess it is that because the Word says that. But it's more importantly that husbands, we're going to understand that we will take our role seriously. And we will realize that if our wife is operating in accordance to God's Word, that they are submitting to us and we are going to be held accountable. So that should straighten us all out a little bit. Uh, you sure are quiet this morning. Okay, Ephesians 6, 1-4. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. So, children, uh, we need to, here again, we have the opportunity to train up our children. Because the life that we live, and the things that we teach, and the things that we do are going to impact our children. And uh, so, it's important that, that they obey their parents. Uh, it goes on to say in verse 2, Honor your, your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on earth. And, and so, it, there are so many benefits for children obeying, aren't there? It just makes the household go a lot smoother. But again, your role as a parent is to train up your children in the ways of the Lord, uh, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up your a child in the way of the Lord, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And so they're always going to have that basis, that standard to go back to. Because they may grow up like I did in high school and college, kind of wander away. But I always knew where to come back to because I had that instilled in me. And I'm so thankful that I knew where to come back to. If they don't have that in their lives, how are they going to know where to run back to? They don't, they don't have any idea. So... It's important, and, and we can begin to 
not only train up our children, but help their friends. Maybe their parents, their friends' parents don't go to church or know anything about the Lord. And so we can help them. And as we build relationships with the parents, we can help them get on the right path to training their children up as well. Uh, it goes on to say in verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. And I've shared this example with you. When my nephews would come, we would set boundaries for them. And uh, they would always push the boundaries. And usually every time they'd come, they would cross the line. And so I would... Uh, I can think of a couple of times I was I was pretty mad about it, so I uh, sent them to the room and I said, I want you to think about what you've done, and that gave me a, some time to cool down. And then I went in and, and I had them tell me, what did, what did you disobey and what did you do wrong? And so they told me, and then I paddled them, because those were the consequences. If you do this, this is going to happen. Then I prayed with them, and I loved on them. I affirmed them. And they knew when they left that room that they were loved. They knew that those boundaries were set for them because I loved them. I loved them enough to discipline them. And our Heavenly Father loves us enough to discipline us when we get out of, out of line. And so we should be thankful for that. But we should never provoke our children to anger and by the way that we treat them. And so if they've done something wrong and we go in and we spank them out of anger, you know, that's the wrong approach. What are we teaching them? We're teaching them that it's okay to respond out of anger, out of emotion. Or we can take some time to cool down and get our thoughts together and go in there and really discipline them in a way that's going to be meaningful. It's not just going to be a knee-jerk reaction. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Your role in training your children is not to be their friend. It's to be their parent first. And we talked about this last month, at, uh, or this month at men's group. We, I, get, I shared an example of uh, a parent that I was talking to on the phone, and, and they were telling their child multiple times, stop doing that, stop doing that, stop doing that. And I didn't say anything, but I went back to that parent sometime later because I loved him. And I said, let me, let me give you a different perspective on this. When you tell your child multiple times not to do this, not to do this, what are you really teaching them? You're teaching them that it's okay to be defiant. You're teaching them that it's okay to disobey. That's not the example that you want to set. And so when we raise up our children... We shouldn't be telling them 15 times to do something. If a child is running out in the, in the street and they're in danger of getting hit by a car, are you going to tell them 15 times, stop? No. So as, as parents, we need to understand that our role is to train up our children and help them understand uh, what obedience looks like. Because if, if they're not obeying you as a parent, what's going to happen when they're 25 years old and, and they need to hear from the Lord and the Lord is speaking to them, are they going to be thinking, well, you know, I didn't obey my, my earthly father. I can just obey my, my heavenly father. All of these things are important, guys. And, you know, this is not something I like to talk about, but we need to understand our role as a parent. And we need to understand that imparting into these children has a lifelong effect not only for them, 
but generations to come. It's going to impact their neighborhood. It's going to impact their workplace. It's going to impact their community. So training up our children is is really, really important. And, and uh, this is one of the things that I see sometimes. I see parents that want to be friends with their children. Their, child, their children don't need another friend. They need a parent. They need somebody to step in and say, no, stop. No. No, you can't do that. No is a good word sometimes. It will save us a lot of problems. It can save our life. And so sometimes the Lord will say, no, don't do it. Stop it. And I'm thankful that the Lord will do that. So my first point is godly men demonstrate godly character. Godly men love their wives. Godly men, godly men live it. They lead by example. Are you leading by example? I want to go to another passage of Scripture. I want to go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-7. through 7. <clears throat> And again, you know, a lot of these Scriptures are talking about Train, being trained up to be leaders in the church. And some of you, God is, is training up to be leaders in the church. And so these scriptures are relevant. But also, it, it's going to help us to raise our family, to raise our children correctly, and to uh, be a good leader. This is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be an elder, he desires an honorable position. So it's honorable to want to be an elder. And that's, that's a, a, a calling, and, and uh, you know, that's something that the Lord calls people to do, to take those roles. Again, leadership training in the church can apply to leading in our home. Let's read on in verse 2. So as an elder must be a man whose life is above reproach, he must be faithful to his wife. So we must live a life above reproach. I know pastors that, that don't have a life of integrity and in living above reproach. They should not be pastoring churches, in my opinion. And so we as men, we need to live a life above reproach. It goes on to say he must be faithful to his wife. We, we, uh, you know, we teach that, that we need to be faithful to our wives. And so as leaders, we need to be faithful to our wives. To lead others in the church is a big responsibility. It's a big deal to God. So again, he's talking about leading in the church, which is, may look different than leading in your home. But... But leading in the church is a big deal, and that's why integrity is so vitally important in leadership in this church. It should be in all churches. Verse 2 uh, continues, He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. It's easy to have a good reputation on Sunday morning between 10 and 12 noon, right? But what is your reputation outside the church? What do people think about you at work? What is your reputation like? He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. Verse 2 continues, He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. As, as someone that's leading in the church, you must enjoy people, <laughs> because that's going to be your role in dealing with people. And you must be able to teach. Being able to teach is the only real difference that I can see between the requirements of an elder and a deacon in the church. And I'm not going to talk about the requirements for a deacon you can continue to read on through this passage of Scripture. And it gives the requirements for a deacon as well. And I think that they're very, very similar. The only difference that I really see is that uh, an elder must be able to teach, where I don't see that as a criteria for a deacon. The criteria uh, for a deacon is, is, is very much the same, though. I believe the roles are different. I see an elder as more of an administrator in the church. 
and a deacon is more of a hands-on server. So just to, you know, talk about that a little bit. But uh, let me read on in verse 3. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and must not love money. Let's look at, uh, I want to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people, craving money, have wandered away from true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Money is immoral. It's not good or bad. But what we do with money can be good or bad. The love of money can cause us to elevate it above God, and money can become our God. So again, the scripture doesn't say money is bad. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And so anything that we, we place above God is an idol. So is God at the top, or is money above God? So... Uh, he goes on to say, And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Money is a tool that God gives us to use. It's an important tool that we all need. But God trumps money. Okay, let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 3. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. Verse 4. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. So if you want to be a leader in the church, you must manage your family well. Your children must respect and obey you. Verse 5, For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? There it is right there. So if you want to be a leader in the church, you need to be able to manage your family and your household. Manage your family well. Why would the Lord give you multiple sheep to lead if you don't lead your own family well? It's, listen, guys, it's a huge responsibility. If you feel like God is calling you to be a leader in the church, you need to read these scriptures. You need, you need to take heed, and uh, you need to lead your families well. We need to, we need to lead our families well anyway. 1 Timothy 3.6 An elder must not be a new believer because he might become proud, and the devil would cause him to fall. I've seen this happen. I've seen people get put in a position of authority, and they can't handle it because they're not a strong, solid believer. And they get puffed up with pride, and things happen. And it usually doesn't go well for them. And uh, and, and that's why, uh, let me say this too, that's why it's important that you plug into the local church, be involved, because there's security in that, there's balance in that, you have people around you that love you. And uh, I, I've seen so many people be plugged into church and then walk away from church, and man, they're... Their, their spiritual life just crashes and burns. So we need to stay plugged in to a good local church. Uh, verse 6 says, An elder must, be, must not be a new believer because he might become proud. The devil would cause him to fall. Verse 7, Also people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and not fall into the devil's trap. Again, what's our reputation like outside the church? Is it good? It should be. If we say that we're a Christian, then we should be living a lifestyle that reflects it. We should be living it. My first point was God, godly men demonstrate godly character. My second point is godly men love their wives. My third point is godly men live it. They lead by example. So, I hope, men, that you've been challenged today. And I hope you'll ask yourself some questions. Am I leading well? Am I leading strong? 
Am I, am I training up my children well? I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. And, uh, you know, this whole thing begins by having a relationship with the Lord. We need Him, man. We've got to have a relationship with the Lord to lead well and to lead strong. If you're here this morning, man or woman, and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, or maybe you've wandered and God is speaking to you this morning, God is beckoning you to come back to Him or come to Him. Would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. We can take care of that this morning. You don't have to walk out of this building the same. It's okay. You know, we've all been at that place where we've needed the Lord to come into our life. Anybody here in this Father, I thank you so much for your great love. I thank you that you're such an awesome dad. The word refers to you as Abba. Abba Father. What that really means is Daddy. So, Lord, I pray that uh, you would continue to work in our hearts and our lives. You would continue to pour into us and help us. Help us as men and husbands be the, the godly dads and the husbands that you called us to be. Father, I, I pray that, that all of us would have a greater passion for you that we would yield our life to you and that we would allow you to continue to work in our hearts and our lives. This morning, Ariana's going to play a song. And let's just take a couple of minutes and say, God, is there anything in my heart that you're dealing with me on? And allow him to speak to our hearts this morning. If you want prayer, I'd love to pray with you. circumstances in our lives to help us grow and, and I hope today that men, I hope every one of us have been challenged because we need to be challenged we need to step it up the, the role as a dad and a husband is so important so I, I hope today that you'll, you'll take note of this message, I hope that you'll take it seriously and uh, I hope that You'll allow God to speak into your hearts and lives and reveal some things maybe that we can improve on or things that we can do differently or better because our wives and our children are depending on us. I cannot emphasize that enough. So the things that we do will impact generations to come. Um, also, we have a gift for you guys. Yeah, it's a real cool gift. So uh, Christine has got... Uh, got with somebody that's going to hand these out. So be sure and, and dads, take one of these with you. They're a real cool little gift. Your wife may end up with it, but you know, <laughs> anyway, you'll be giving one of these. And thank you so much for being here today. I love you. God bless you. Happy Father's Day. Go out and make a difference in your world. You're dismissed. Amen. Amen.